Happy Friday, and thank you for spending the whole week with us here on the Rocketeer Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we go over one minute of the greatest adventure movie Walt Disney ever made, the 1991 Joe Johnston-directed film, The Rocketeer. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm Hal Bryan, an airplane nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And we are really, really excited to welcome back... Uh, an amazing guest. Uh, she had so much fun with us the first time that she uh, was willing to come back and do it again. Uh, so let's uh, let's welcome back the multi-talented actor, producer, director, singer, Melora Harden. Melora, welcome back. Thank you. Hi. It's very exciting. We 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 started with begin the begin, and now we're well, we've ended the begin, and we're we're onto a whole new song. The begin um, never ends. Yeah. Okay. It never ends. <laughs> Plays on in my heart. Keeps going. Yes. It's on repeat. <laughs> Um, but we're gonna we're gonna start talking about uh, a different song, "When Your Lover Has Gone," which is by uh, right. Enar Swan uh, from the, mm-hmm. from 1931. And uh, is this a harder song to sing than "Begin the Begin"? Oh no, "Begin the Begin" is a much harder song to sing. "Begin the Begin" is very rangy song. It's it's it goes quite high and it goes quite low, and um, and it also not only that but just melodically, it's it's uh, it's it's very singable, but you really do have to sing it quite a few times before you can really sing it. <laughs> I'm so glad you've never heard me in my car. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there right now. Because <laughs> you and I have duetted on this song more than once. But uh, Have we really? We oh, have. I would love to hear that. I bet that was <laughs> pretty good. You're like doing your own version of uh, carpool karaoke over there. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Uh, I like it a lot. I love this picture you have of me, this one-dimensional guy just driving up and down the road all day, every day, with the song on repeat. It's not quite that bad. But it's but it close. A, but, you, but your songs on this soundtrack have been a part of my life. You know oh, that. Oh, I love it. I yeah. love it. Last so time. Great. Wow. Well, well what, one thing we didn't talk about the last time is how did you wind up in the South Seas Club? Where, how, how did this all come about when you were, you were just on a street corner and uh, Joe drove by and said, that one, I need her? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Not really. Um, you know, I'd been working as an actress consistently since I was six years old, and um, and I'd been singing all my life. I started writing songs when I was a baby. My mom said I wrote my first song when I was two, and I sang all the time and, you know, learned how to imitate Barbara Streisand and Judy Garland when I was very young and was just sort of just obsessed with, with singing and, you know, getting getting. I don't know, just singing all the time, singing all the time. And my brother uh, was um, at USC Film School and became very good friends with another person who was at USC Film School named Joe Johnston. And um, they became very, very good friends. And so Joe was around all the time. And one of the things that I tend to do at my parents' Christmas Eve party, which is quite an affair that's been going on for over 35 years, is I always sing at their Christmas Eve parties. And um, so I would get up and sing some a cappella song. And Joe uh, came to quite a few of those parties, just fell in love with my voice and I think liked me a lot too and just said to me I want you to sing I want you to sing in this movie that I'm doing will you come and do it and I said are you kidding of course (laughs) so that was really how that that came down and then I think he really wanted me to like he wanted me to be a singer he wanted me to stop being an actor and be a singer because he just loved my voice so much it was really sweet so yeah it was really fun and actually for my Christmas present he cut together a top to bottom entire version of the song uh begin the begin so you know you only get a portion of it in in the in the movie but um but I have the entire song from top to bottom that he he did a little cut for me as a Christmas present so it was very sweet 
How wow. cool is that? Oh, stunning. Yeah. And there's, uh, there's a deleted scene for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. I can't really ever do anything with it because it's, uh, you know, it's just really for me. Oh, <laughs> but, uh, but it's, but it's beautiful. Your it own really special is. edition. That's great. No, that, that, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's pretty neat. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, so you've actually been, you were auditioning for the part for many, many years, apparently. So it was quite a, quite a thing if you heard you so <laughs> yes, many times. It, was it, uh, uh, we, we had talked previously in the, in the previous episode about how you had done the recording session beforehand. So when you knew you knew that you got the part, did you have? I guess there was a, quite a prep time in between when you got the role and, and getting in there. Was was there a lot of uh, practice sessions besides uh, meeting with the full the full orchestra, or it was just walking? That's in funny. And I I didn't really do a lot of practice sessions. You know, he uh, Joe and uh, and James Horner chose the songs and sent them to me, and I remember having a either it was a cassette tape i don't remember in 1991 what did we have did we have cassette tapes did we have cds i think we had cassette tapes and so uh, i think they sent me a cassette tape which i remember driving around in la listening to and learning the song just by by listening to it and learning it and then and then i remember going one time to billy may's house where he had a little a little back music room and he played it on piano and i sang it and we worked on both the songs a few times and kind of just sort of did a little tweaking here or there and then that was it then i walked into the sound stage into the recording studio and we recorded the you know the the version they were recording the orchestra at that time and then i did my vocals after the orchestra was finished wow and about how long after that uh, were you actually on the set then uh, then shooting this stuff gosh it was probably not that long maybe a month maybe 6 weeks really not that long, yeah. But then I had, you know, then I had my vocal uh, and the whole the track and everything sure. to, yeah. to to practice with, so so that I could really be perfect with my lip syncing, you know. When you finally saw it on on screen, I mean, I, it's un it's unfortunate for us for fan for fans of Melora. The uh, you only get about four bars, and then they cut away to the. <laughs> It's like, and over here, you're, you're kind of like the lead-in. But uh, I, right. I mean, I, I was—we had talked—we had talked previously about other, you know, getting cut out of scenes and stuff. So uh, yeah. I, I would think that, oh dear, that's it. Well, I knew I knew that's what it was going to be because I, you know, I read the script and knew what what she was there for. I knew that I knew that that Joe was gonna was gonna make it beautiful and worthwhile, which he did. It was really quite a beautiful cameo moment. That was really special, and I really couldn't have expected or hoped for more. I knew exactly what what it was going to be going into it just was so incredibly excited that both the songs ended up on the soundtrack. That was, that was like a real high moment for me. Yeah. They're really a uh, lush cool. arrangements in, in there. And, and as, as oh, Al has they're... described previously, it, they're easy to listen to many times. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Yes, they are. They're so beautiful. Well, Billy May was a big, big arranger in the, in the forties. And he really just, he just did an incredible job with those songs. Boy, I wish he was still around. I'd go to him and make a whole record with him if, if he was still around. <laughs> That's just incredible to think that, you know, he was doing that nearly 50 years on, uh, still I arranging know, and, and working on these things. You know, it's a, I've got the minute up uh, the clip in front of me here and starting about, you know, sort of second nine, 10, 11, uh, you're in the background, uh, Timothy Dalton, Jennifer Connelly, right in the foreground. But, Malora, we see you in the background stepping down the discs again. 
and it's you're talking about the choreography the last time you were with us and it's it's amazing it's simple the timing just works perfectly you've got a stage hand walking up to place the mic just as you're arriving and you're arriving just in time to sing and keeping all of that in sync while you've got acting happening in the foreground it's just it's really pretty mind-blowing right well that i think that's you know that's got that's got joe johnston's uh, touch on it in the sense that he knew exactly what he wanted in the frame and you know i think probably having me being a very seasoned actor at that point and knowing and understanding the idea of like arriving at my mark at a certain point and being musical and being a dancer and being able to understand when I need to be there and it was really it was sort of a a wonderful kind of collaborative moment of everybody bringing themselves to that to make it all happen in the magic way that movies happen you know when movies when movies are good it's always because so many people did their jobs right I mean it just doesn't happen any other way and it's it's that in that regard it's the greatest team sport around (laughs) it's it's great I have to ask about uh, your partner on stage uh, Bob Salmon who plays the um, I guess the Benny Goodman character with the with the clarinet. Uh, did you have any interaction with him yeah. at all? Or, uh, he... I mean, yeah, we we chatted, you know, a little bit. I think because I was already previously friends with Joe Johnston, and I, I think I spent more time chatting with Joe and and Jennifer Connolly because Jennifer and I were roughly the same age. We're about the same age, and uh, I think we kind of just enjoyed like the camaraderie of two girls roughly the same age you know, Joe and chatting. So I didn't, I didn't spend that. I think she was relieved that there was like another girl around. She had yeah, to deal with all these all men, men and yeah. boys all the time. Sure. It was just like, I think for her, I mean, I'm not, I'm speaking for her, but I mean, I, I kind of got that feeling that she was like relieved to just have a minute of, of playtime with, with a girl. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, so I was mostly hanging out with Joe, I think. And, the crew. Yeah, I know Je- Jennifer was uh, having a, having a difficulty during your scene because uh, she was fighting a, a sty on her right eye at the time, and they were. And, oh, that's right. So they she were was. applying a lot of makeup on top of that right eye, and you, every scene that you look in here with this is just. It, you can tell it's like she's hoping that. Oh, please don't don't focus. So don't do so many close ups. <laughs> Uh, That's funny. I do remember that. Yeah, it's been a a tough time for her. Something I was always curious about was, so uh, back to Bob Sandman for just a minute. He he doesn't have uh, uh, a particularly large online resume that that I was able to find after at least sort of a quick look. Do we know, does he really play the clarinet? Obviously, we're all miming in these scenes, but... Uh, was he really a clarinetist, or is he just uh, fairly convincing at it? It's a good question. I got the feeling that the guys that were playing in the band on the film set were all musicians of okay. like a little bit. Maybe they certainly weren't the studio musicians that actually played the the parts. But I did get the feeling that they that they kind of knew their way around a little bit. I think I felt I think I got the feeling that that he knew his way around a clarinet a little. But I don't know that he really was a clarinetist. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that that earlier minute uh, when he was holding the clarinet, my wife is a clarinetist, and I think she was saying that he's 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 holding the fingering like like a clarinet. Of course, he might have been playing, you know, in a marching band in high school, but he did he did at least know the the minimum of of how to hold a a clarinet. Um, Oh, that's good. Yeah, I got that feeling. Uh, But again, I you know I I could be just crazy, and maybe he asked his best friend how to hold the clarinet. I don't know. When the when the premiere took place, did you did you go to the premiere, which I think was at uh, the El Capitan? I 
don't remember that I did that. I think I would remember that if I did. I don't think I did. I remember going to the rap party, which was in the South Seas Club on the Disney lot. Wow. <laughs> that oh, was fun. Are you serious? Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, that was really fun. I know. That was great. And, and that would have been after but the post-destruction, wouldn't it? Or <laughs> that would be after uh, they Yeah, exactly. Wow. Right, but it was. I think they may have. Maybe they did the destruction first before they oh. they did all the good stuff. They may have done that, which I can't. Re- you know, I can't really remember. But they may have done the destruction first in oh. in order to just have it be a mess, and then they built it. I think yeah. um, because it was still intact. It was gorgeous. It looked okay. amazing. I don't remember going to it, so I think I must have been working. Is my thought that I was probably, you know, working on something else and couldn't make it, or was uh, on location somewhere oh, doing okay. something. But it was a good yeah. rap party? The rap party was fun, very fun, yes. Oh, that's great. Wow. The- it's hard to picture, though. It's uh, For me, the set and everything, I, I, it, I can't picture anybody walking in there without, you know, sort of black tie and tails and everybody sort of being in character and, and right. you know, being and behaving as – yeah, behaving as if it's 1938, and I and I'm I'm sure a rap party probably doesn't go exactly like that. So that's uh, no. That gives me some no. some things to really <laughs> mull <laughs> over for a while here. <laughs> yes, exactly. People swinging from some chandeliers. Stuff to on. Yeah, yes, exactly. cr- crushing <laughs> yeah. Hal's dreams of. <laughs> oh no, no, uh, just uh, adding more depth and gravitas to my dreams. Yeah, yeah. that's what uh, it's all about, right? Right. This. Uh, well, when that... you look up, you know there is the uh, there there is the um, the, oh, the, the the big. The big, you know, the, the big the... ceiling of the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So everything that's in frame is all perfect, but you know, the things out of frame are just a soundstage. Yeah. <laughs> Next, she's going to tell me that Cliff Secor didn't actually fly with a rocket. <laughs> this e- is easy. funny. Careful, careful. <laughs> poor, poor Hal. Uh, Let's not talk about Santa Claus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not. I wow. agree with that. Hang yeah. on to that dream forever. Well, I've got it. <laughs> when, when you were, when you were with the with the cast, did was the general feeling that this was going to be like the next Indiana Jones that there were going to be sequels to this and you would possibly show up at the South Seas again that there were there were going to be follow-ons to it? Was, was there any discussion about that or? I I don't know about that. I mean, I know I think everyone thought the thing is, is that that these were were everybody in the movie were actors that had been working for a long time and you never know you know i think that i do think that that billy campbell was thinking this was going to be his star moment it certainly looked like that because you know he was playing the rocketeer after oh, all. sure yeah <laughs> so so i think there was yeah i definitely think i got the vibe of of that that there was sort of um this feeling that it was going to be a big huge blockbuster hit and i think that disney was certainly putting that kind of energy money and attention into it but it really wasn't i don't think it was quite the blockbuster that everybody kind of thought it was going to be yeah no it, it kind of got smashed by uh I, I mean the terminator 2 came out the following week so that kind of like destroyed the rest of the summer for uh-huh. it. and uh and it was on oh the, that's interesting it was on the heels of a uh, robin hood prince of thieves so you're up against both Schwarzenegger and um, Kevin Costner. So, you know, it's like Billy Campbell's a great actor, though. Wow. I have to say he was, he was a great actor, but just it was it was a bad summer to be coming out yeah. with a brand new uh, franchise. Right, was, right. Yeah, I thought everybody in, in the movie was fantastic. It was a really good, it was a really cute, a really adorable and heartwarming and fun, you know, movie. There's no doubt about that. Do you, do you rewatch it on occasion at all or? I don't know how many how many times you look back at your old works or things. 
I mean, not really, you know, because everything's moving forward all the time. But you know what? I just, at, when this came up, I did think, I got to pull that out and show that to my girls because my daughters haven't seen it. And um, it's such a great movie. They're 15 and 12, and it's like the perfect time for them to for them to see the movie. I think they'll love it. Sure. And, you know, it, it's it's funny. The uh, You're working on a, a current project with, uh, with Freeform TV about a strong uh, female character. And in this movie, there there are strong female characters. I mean, we, we, the focus is on the Rocketeer, but I think you, sure. you can call uh, Jenny Blake is, is anything but a, a helpless character. She manages. I don't want to spoil it because it's in a future Definitely. minute, but she uh, she does one up a, a an evil Nazi Hollywood star spy. <laughs> so um, your typical garden variety yeah. evil Nazi Hollywood yeah. star spy. Yeah. Sure, but uh, you know she's that old trope. She, she's a, right. she, she's a victim that refuses to be a victim, and I, I find it my my daughter. I, I know I, my my kids grew up watching this movie, and and they they still rewatch it. So it's a, a you know it's uh-huh. it's a fun romp, but it's also it's it's a great feeling. You you, you feel very uplifted by the by the end of this film that it's a, a yes, very very yes, accomplishing movie. That's true. And and you yes. and you provided the soundtrack, so it's you know I mean I know it's so cool, it's being, so cool. Yeah, being a part of it. You know, very... Joe makes Joe makes very um, whimsical movies. I really like you know I like yeah. that about the films he makes. Oh sure, yeah. I mean like October Sky and and even you know Captain yes, America and stuff. Love he really that. he really knows the past and being able to that you even though it's in the past you can relate to the people that are in it. So it's a uh, it it's a, they're always fun movies. You can sit and enjoy. They and, are. Yeah, and always bring such a warmth to it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's true. You know, if if I can ho- just hop back, actually, this was something I had meant to ask about in the last episode. I just put it out there very quickly. Uh, did you see the movie Forty Two, the Jackie Robinson film? No. Do you know that your song is in it? <laughs> because I flew out of my chair when we were watching it and it popped up on the soundtrack. Here's your version of Begin the Begin. And really? Believe, and, and you're credited. You're credited in it. What? Well, Seriously. they should probably be paying me some yeah, money then. I think, think? think you've got to get on the phone to ASCAP and find out what's going on. So, <laughs> oh, my God. So, that's crazy. Have a look on IMDb um, and, you know, tell me I'm crazy. Well, don't. But, okay. Because we've established that. But uh, <laughs> um, it was uh, – so, it's it's right there. It's listed right on the soundtrack, performed by Melora Hardin. So, wow. I think um, I think that's interesting. Is this Was this a TV – this was an actual feature documentary? This, no, this was a, this was a, a proper feature. feature film, yeah. Um, Trying to think who was in it. I can check here momentarily. And it was called um, Forty Two. Forty Two, and it was it was a, it was a pretty major pretty major release actually. Uh, really? Maybe maybe twenty fourteen twenty fifteen maybe even more recent than that. The older yeah. I get, the uh, was it a Disney film? I don't I don't know if that was a Disney film. How I, I don't know who who has the uh, I know there's things like mechanical rights and things like that. I don't know who sure. who publishes. Wow. Yeah, but still you you, get, yeah. you still get performance. <laughs> yeah, you should. You know? There should be a little paper <laughs> check with numbers on it coming in your mail. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, 2013 when it came out, and uh, so uh, Chadwick Boseman played Jackie Robinson. I think he was a newcomer, but okay, who who is the young man? Young man named Harrison Ford was in it. Hmm. Uh, Oh my god! Ryan uh, Helgeland directed it. Hmm. Sorry, I'm not seeing where uh, the uh, where it's showing me the studio here. Anyway, take a look. It's it. uh, Okay. I'd actually I remember when it happened when I saw the film, and then I'd forgotten about it, and then as I was sort of digging around, getting ready for. uh, for recording with you, then then it popped up again. So, oh my gosh, that's right. Use the user. Wow. Well, well, thank the you scandal. for letting me right. know. <laughs> I'll look it up. Yeah, exactly. My husband used to be a, a lawyer, so I'll have him get on that right away. <laughs> Perfect. That. <laughs> he used to be an entertainment lawyer, specifically oh, for musicians, oh, like awesome. Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and like all that. Oh, seriously! So wow. Funny. 
Yeah, real. Yeah. So oh, that's, oh, that's so amazing. So he kind of knows. He knows a thing or two about this. <laughs> I I would be remiss and apologies in advance, but uh, our good friend Scott Corelli at the Back to the Future Minute would uh, would want to ask this question, and uh, he would wonder. And uh, again, I apologize, but when did you find out that you weren't going to be in Back to the Future? How was that presented to you after you had been in Back well, to the Future? Well, I. I... I'd already been cast and I'd already done some publicity shots for it and been over onto the Universal lot and had had my wardrobe fittings and stuff like that. And uh, Eric Stoltz was playing uh, McFly and he got fired two weeks into filming. And when they rehired Michael J. Fox or when they hired Michael J. Fox, I got a phone call at home from Bob Gale and uh, Bob Zemeckis telling me that they were very sad to tell me this, but that I was too tall for Michael J. Fox mm. and that they uh, had to cast someone that was more his height. I burst into tears. And actually, there is a book coming out right now uh, soon, I think, or maybe it's out already, I don't know, called The Making of Back to the Future or something like that. The author of that book said, did you know, <laughs> told me, did I know, that um, it actually was the female executives that made that call because they decided that they thought that it emasculated their lead character to have a girlfriend that was taller than he was. And Bob Zemeckis, both Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale said, no, they did, they disagreed and thought it was completely fine that I was taller than him and the women executives uh, nixed it. Wow. So I felt, I felt like, wow, we've come a long way because I, I can't really see female executives doing that right now in 2000. And, 17. But back then, that was, you know, you could see that would be the, the common, you know, kind of way of being in the world. And I think women that were in that position were very much ma- kind of more masculine and they were. So I thought that was an interesting little tidbit. Uh, well, as, as an admirer of tall women, I can tell you that I, <laughs> my, my often dream was to, to date a tall woman. And I have, I have married a tall woman. She's not, she's not taller than me, but I just... Oh, that's tragic. Aww, that's nice. That's so nice. I mean, it's uh, no, tall women are great. And I'll tell you, my daughter, you know, my 15 year old is five foot 11 and her legs oh. like go past my legs. And um, and, you know, she's very tall and keeps getting scouted for modeling agencies and stuff. And, you know, she carries it really, really well. And, you know, I, I feel like it's all in how you feel about it. I didn't know that, but I was never uncomfortable. I'm not a, I'm not like a super tall woman. I'm five foot eight. I'm not like super duper tall. So my daughter's already, you know, towering over me and she doesn't well, seem to have a problem with it. No, I think that that is a sign of the times. Just tell her shoulders back, chin up. That's what my that's what my mom used to tell. Um, that's the way. All of my, nie- my nieces and things. So you have to be that way. Wow. That's well, right. Well, good. Well, this is see a positive a positive note from from all of that tragedy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, this has been this has been an illuminating uh, and ex- exciting time having having you on the show, um, and I, I oh, would uh, strongly recommend everybody to check check out uh, your new series on on Freeform TV. If you give the the name and and how who's who else is in it? Yeah, the bold type. I'm not sure you would necessarily know, but maybe you would. I mean, um, Katie Stevens, Sam Page, Megan Fahey, and Aisha D. So those are the those are the leading characters, and Matt Ward. Those are the those are the leads and me. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Well, you're the feature player. There you are. Right. <laughs> so there's there's uh but it's really it's really charming. It's got a little a little sex in the city, a little so if you if you're into fashion and you also are interested in uh, kind of the new the new women's lib which is 
interesting to to really tackle some of these these big issues that are facing 50% of our society, <laughs> which are which are women. So I'm excited to be doing that in the you know within the the, the environment of glamour and and fashion, and, and I think it's kind of a nice um a little bit ironic and kind of a nice dichotomy to have the two at play. Well, it's it sounds like a lot of fun. I'm definitely going to check it out. Great. And I, I hope I hope everybody else. Uh, now you have a great you have a great big website, right? Melora.com that people can visit you at. And yeah, see yeah. But I need to read. My website is not that great really i need to get somebody on that okay. <laughs> like, my website is, is not that great but people can follow me on instagram uh at melora d harden d as in uh well my middle name's diane so at melora d harden on instagram and on twitter it's at melora harden so those are two places that people can twitter me i mean can follow me and i do actually you know interact sometimes with fans there i'm maybe a little more of an instagrammer than a than a tw- a, tw- a tw- Twitter, whatever that's called, um, but I but I try to do both, and then I'm I'm learning presently how to be uh, on Snapchat, which I'm finding a little challenging at the moment. But I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna get there, folks. And, it is extremely um, complicated. And it's just Melora Harden on Snapchat. So <laughs> cool. Well. All of our all of our social media friends can 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 look for Melora there. If you'd like to talk with us on and continue this conversation as we uh, see the still intact uh, South Seas Club here, uh, you can <laughs> you can join us on on Twitter. We're at uh, Rocketeer Minute and also at uh, Facebook at the Rocketeers Bulldog Cafe, where everybody gets together and, and talks about all these episodes. Uh, you can join us at the great big website, uh, which most people are not going to websites anymore, but you can join us uh, still there at RocketeerMinute.com, where you can catch up on old episodes. Um, there's some cool swag from Amazon where you can actually get a copy of this movie and since we're 65 minutes into this film you really need to catch up and watch the movie if you haven't seen it yet and, and why are you listening to a podcast if you haven't seen the movie but who knows <laughs> everyone is welcome so uh, pick, pick up a copy there maybe to... they just wanted to hear my voice that's probably it that's yeah, what it it's is. like Melora's on the show I don't know what the movie is but we'll listen to this wow I Did thought it might have been my voice but I think you're right I think if you sang your version of Begin the Begin, Hal, <laughs> yeah. then you might draw in some more listeners. <laughs> yeah. I think the internet would actually implode. Hal Bryan's so. karaoke available soon at, a, at an Amazon station near you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, the fact. not need that. As far as I know, there was never a, a South Sea singer action figure for uh, for the Rocketeer. I would have bought one. I would have gotten the whole set. But... I know. There wasn't. There wasn't. But there were other ones. Um, and there was also, I. they almost uh, at one point were going to make the, um, do you remember the, they did one shot of the of the dog restaurant? Yes, yes, the Bulldog, uh, yes, yeah. The, the Bulldog Cafe, yeah. The Bulldog Cafe. Well, they were thinking, merchandising at, at one point was thinking of making that Bulldog Cafe into a cookie jar. And they made a couple prototypes which I got one oh, of the prototypes, gosh. which I still have and use as my cookie jar at home. And uh, but they were never available. But it is the cutest cookie jar you've ever seen. It's just like a little mini um, bulldog cafe cookie jar, but it's I quite think, large. I, I think the size it, of your computer. I think I hear a Snapchat topic that yeah, you could enter right there. That's. Yeah. Really? Yeah. If that? You, Jim, remember that part yes. a minute ago where Melora said she was going to send us a picture of this cookie jar? Yeah. You I remember think, that, right? I, I swear I heard that. Well, <laughs> oh, we would love well, that. Well, I'm, I'm not at home, but I'll, right. I can get my husband to take a picture of it and send it to you, and then I'll send it I'll send it to you. You send it to me, and I'll send it to you. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> yes. Tell, tell him and, it's and important. we'll be able to hear him rolling his eyes as he does it, but that's okay. Focus on the cookie jar. <laughs> I'm a grown man. I'm used to it by now. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. But yes, we, we will post that on online and it'll be on our Twitter feed and everything. But uh, but thank you. Wow. Oh okay. my gosh. And uh, lock your doors because Hal now knows that there is a prototype. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. He does. He does have a helmet. I just just want to yes, let you know. Rocketeer merchandise I don't own. <laughs> Stand back. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. so uh, Oh, very exciting. Wow. Well, this, this has been a, a great, a great time. Again, Laura, thank you so much. Uh, if we ever have a wrap party for this, you're you are invited. Oh, that's nice. Thank Th- you. Thank you for be- being on the show. Good luck Good luck with your show. And uh, for the rest thank of everybody, everybody, please join us next week here where we talk some more about the South Seas Club and, and the beautiful music that's playing there. But uh, until next time, over and out. Oh